A life of faith is not just to believe in God, but to live as if you do. To love the loveless, to pour yourself out as light, to forgive fiercely, to listen deeply, to be humble, to give exceedingly, to feed the hungry, to act for justice boldly. It is to trust God in the worst times, knowing God will never abandon you. It is to move out of your carefully crafted life, knowing the light will follow you. It is to love without judgment or expectation, knowing this is how God loves you. A life of faith is not just to believe in God, but to live as if you do. And so this day, let us begin to become a living reflection of the love God has for us, each one of us, and then offer that love to all the world. Amen. Good morning, Stone Village, and happy Sunday. I hope that all of you are well and safe in this world. All is well in my world. The Lord be with you, and let us pray. Prepare us, O God, to hear your word through the scripture of this day. Confront us with your claim upon our lives. Clarify the choices we must make if our lives are to have meaning and purpose. Help us to respond to the one who came as the bread of life, so we may know life at its fullest and at its very best. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The reading today is from John chapter 10, verses 22 through 30. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in God's name testify to me, but you do not believe, because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What God has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of God's hand. God and I are one. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> Fun fact, sheep are not intelligent creatures. They are not. Left alone, they will wander off. They will get into a tight spot. They will tumble over cliffs. And they quite easily fall victim to predators. <laughs> and so to be called the sheep of his flock isn't exactly a compliment. I don't think it's a compliment. <laughs> 
The question at the heart of this week's gospel reading is, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. The setting is a winter day in Jerusalem. Jesus is walking through the temple and he's drawing a crowd. This time the people gathered around him are devout Jews who have come to Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of the Dedication. There is little doubt that they've heard stories about Jesus, his teachings, his miraculous healings, his supernatural abilities. They understand that he is a complex and elusive person. Hence the question, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. When I was in seminary, my peers and I took an arrogant pleasure in mocking gospel characters who didn't accept Jesus' messiahship from the get-go. Why are they so naive, we'd say to one another in smug, dismissive amazement. If we'd been there, if we saw the things that they saw and heard the words the crowds heard, we would have believed on the spot. <laughs> yeah, right. Thankfully, humility comes with age. These days, I have empathy for the people who question Jesus during his time on earth. Granted, their motives were mixed. Some were baiting him, hoping to provoke a gossip-worthy scandal. Others wanted Jesus to lead a revolution against Rome, or establish a rival religion, or wave his magic wand in the air and rain miracles down from the sky. Some were simply eager debaters, hoping for an argument with a famous rabbi. And yet, something about their question is relevant to me. And I believe for you as well. Because I know what it's like to feel as if God is keeping me in suspense, taking me on roundabout paths, remaining silent when I yearn for a word of direction, in making my spiritual journey more complicated than I believe it needs to be. I cannot count the times I have started a prayer with words similar to those in the temple, if you are, if you are good, if you are powerful, if you are merciful, if you are loving, if, 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 if you are the Messiah, then stop talking in riddles, speak plainly, behave predictably, make my tiresome disbelief impossible. Take this world of swirling gray and turn it black and white once and for all. Can you relate? I imagine you can. And so how does Jesus respond to their question? Well, not plainly, go figure. 
and not at first glance anyway kindly. I have told you and you do not believe, he says with a hint of impatience in his voice. And then comes the zinger. You do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. Ouch. What can such a stark, cut-and-dry pronouncement mean? I suppose the easy dodge would be to insist the sentence doesn't apply to us. Well, not to me at least. It doesn't apply. After all, I am a cradle believer. I grew up in the church. I know my Bible. Kind of. Sort of. I love the liturgy. That's a hard truth. And I pray when I remember to. Did I mention I'm ordained? Certainly, I both believe and belong. Yeah. Except when I don't. The nagging trouble with Jesus' indictment is that it does apply to my spiritual journey. Not rarely, but often. Perhaps you can relate to this, too. I doubt with alarming regularity. I question God's power more often than I care to admit. I wonder where God is when the world is falling apart. I can't know for certain what the motivations of those people in the temple were on that long-ago winter day, but I know my own. When I ask Jesus to stop keeping me in suspense, when I insist he speak plainly, what I'm really saying is, I don't trust you. Help me to trust you. Help me to believe. Do what I ask of you. It's all about Jesus belonging to me, not me belonging to Jesus. At first, Jesus' reply might appear to suggest belonging to him depends on believing in him. But in fact, what Jesus says is exactly the opposite. You struggle to believe because you don't consent to belong. In other words, belief doesn't come first. It can't come first. Belonging comes first. And according to this text, whatever belief we arrive at in this life, it will come not from a creed or a cleverly crafted sermon, but from the daily hourly business of belonging to Jesus' flock, of walking in the footsteps of the shepherd, living in the company of fellow sheep, and listening in real time for the voice of the one whose classroom is rocky hills, hidden pastures, and deeply shadowed valleys. If we won't follow him into those places, places of both tranquility and treachery, we will never belong to him at all.
I wonder if Jesus resisted the crowd's question that day because it was so pitifully inadequate. What good would it have done if he'd stood in the temple and said, yes, yes, in fact, I am the Messiah? Would anything have changed? Would his parables, his countercultural teachings, and his miraculous miracles have morphed into collective belief? I doubt it. Maybe by refusing to speak plainly, Jesus was honoring human life for the incredibly complicated thing that it is. After all, one doesn't speak plainly about the mysteries of the universe. Jesus came to teach us about truth, about love, and life in God's transformative kingdom. One doesn't simply profess belief in such weighty and mysterious things. One lives into them, questions into them, believes into them, and grows into them. Sheep know their shepherd because they are his. They walk, they graze, they feed, and they sleep in his footsteps, beneath his rod and staff, within constant earshot of his voice. And so we believe in Jesus as we belong to him, or as we allow ourselves to belong to him, to become fully and deeply his. He walks ahead of us, and we will only learn his path by truly following him. As I said at the beginning of today's sermon, sheep are not intelligent creatures. However, they can learn, so there is hope. Thanks be to God. Amen. I give thanks to God for each of you, and I pray this day you bear witness to the love of God in this world. Bear witness to the love of God, so those to whom love is a stranger, they will find in you a generous and loving friend. In the name of Christ Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. I love you, stoners. I hope you have a good day, and uh, I'll see you soon. Bye.